Hello, welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Sorois. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. What's up? Oh, nothing much. I am uh, in a hotel still. I was supposed to be back in Austin because I'm out here on this tour, and we were supposed to come go back after the Ozark Arkansas show, which, uh, shout out to Greta and Dewey, our listeners that came out to that. And, uh, yeah, we were supposed to go back after that, and then we ended up getting some shows in Ohio and Wisconsin, so we just had to hit the road, and I <laughs> was fully expecting to go back and get stocked for the tour, and I am now out on the road with, you know, just, like, flying by the seat of my pants for the next month. Kind of exciting, I guess, but, uh... Yeah, man, I don't know. I, <laughs> like, I'm glad you're having fun, and uh, more shows is always good, but, uh, yeah, if someone was, like... Surprise, uh, you can't go home. You're going to be on the road for a month with the stuff you brought for one night. Uh, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how I'd respond to that. But uh, I think, you're a I think if it had been, yeah, I think if it had been um, like like when things were still going normally, I would be like, hey, what the fuck? But I think my brain was just like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, yeah, and I, it's like I have a certain level of patience built back up, you know? <laughs> so I'm just like, fuck it, man, let's go. Good for uh, you. Luckily, Good for you. Yeah, Target uh, sells uh, their Goodfellow clothing line, which is suitable for all stage needs. And <laughs> the cool thing about playing a show every night is you don't really need to look good in the daytime. <laughs> so, That's like, true, yeah. You can just kind of do basketball shorts and flip-flops until it's time to go on stage. Yeah, do you have a camera in my room? Because that's what I'm wearing. So, like, <laughs> I figured, I figured. Yeah, so it, it, it's cool, man. We, we do have a couple nights off, and we're here in Mason, Ohio, uh, home of the... Uh, Kings Island Water Park, okay, and and the Beach Water Park, which a listener pointed out has been janky for thirty years. Because I, I walked down there today, and like it's like closed for the seasons. So I was just walking around taking pictures of like weird ass Spooky like old. fiber, yeah, just like giant fiberglass frogs and water slides and shit. So nice, yeah, out here in Mason, Ohio, a town. That definitely exists because of the water parks, and that alone, and the fact that people drive through it. So there is like. Like, we're in a hotel. Like, we're, like, close to, like, some kind of grocery stores. Like, we're close to a Kroger. But we're here for a few days, and there's, like, nothing to, like, really live in and do here. So, like. Well, hopefully that means people will come to your show because they'll be bored. So. I'm hoping. So, well, the show's been on tonight. Our next show is in Valparaiso, Indiana. And that's going to okay. be on the 7th. And we had some van trouble. We had to, uh, we had to, um, we were driving around in a nice minivan, nice and spacious. Everything was going good. And then it just decided the other day it didn't want to come out of neutral. So well, that's good. Yeah, it's super good when that it's happens. It's good at the and, beginning uh, of a month-long tour when your yeah. van isn't working. <laughs> yeah, so we got I'm, it in a... Man, we, I'm praying for you. I'm glad yeah. you're having fun. <laughs> please Again, go see yeah, Pat. It, Give him a tip because who knows yeah. what's going to happen with his van. But the, the van looks like it should be good. It's a common problem that happens. They just got to fix some shit with the uh, the transmission cable. And uh, it, we got it in a garage in Columbus. Nice. And we're nice. going back to have to pick it up in Columbus. Tight. And then um, we're heading out. And shout out to the uh, Via Vetri Winery in Columbus. We had They had some regulars that, like, I guess as a treat to them, they let them stick around afterwards with us and hang out while they gave us free pizza and, like, bottles of wine to, like, 2 in the morning. Sweet. So if you live in Columbus, go to the Via Vetri Winery and shout out to Paulo, the dude that runs it. Uh, when we needed a ride from Columbus to Newport uh, for our next show, we like, we ended up getting it hammered out. But uh, 
we had to like we had nobody to call at first. We were like, shit, the label isn't taking care of us. But we called the 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 venue owner, and he's this really nice British dude. And he was like, well, hold on, let me see what I can do. And we called him back to say we were good. And he's like, okay, because I couldn't find anybody, so my daughter was gonna do it. Oh, <laughs> that's like, very sweet. Yeah, what a nice guy. And we were just like, man, probably has a beautiful daughter. Just saying, like, <laughs> like a, t- <laughs> a British winery owner. I was like, yes, please. I would love that cultured ride to Newport. <laughs> So, well, yeah, man, I, th- we're having fun, is, though. Things are going good. Good. This is, I, I feel like our story today is about uh, somebody who's out on the road. So this is a good Are we good doing Jack segue. Kerouac, finally? We're, <laughs> yeah, noted scammer Jack Kerouac. Um, <laughs> noted this, just bullshit artist. <laughs> he's a hack. He sucks. Fraud. <laughs> Jack Kerouac. hack. Exactly. Um, Thank you. So this story, I I tweeted last night because I was like, I don't know. Usually I have like one in mind, but I I was kind of stumped. I didn't know what to do. And uh, somebody suggested this. Let me see if I can get their name. Um, But yeah, I I got a bunch of really good suggestions. So thank you for um, responding to that tweet. I'm sure I will use some of them uh, in the future. This one is from uh, Borvis. Shout out Borvis uh, on Twitter. Oh, what's up, Borvis? Yeah, at Borvis underscore. Uh, friend of the show, absolutely. Um, he yeah. suggested this one, and uh, this is about this guy named James Hammes. Uh, he, uh, the, I, I got most of this information from a July 2015 article in SB Nation by uh, this guy, William Browning. It's called A Long Walk's End. And well, we'll get into it, but basically, yeah, this guy spent a lot of time on the road after committing his fraud, and uh, that's kind of what enabled him to not get caught for a pretty long time. Um, hey, why, why do you think I'm out here doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of shit cooking in Austin, Texas, and I had, I had to get out for a few had weeks. Had to lay low for a while, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Mason, Ohio, absolutely. We've all been there. <laughs> Yeah, 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 you know. <laughs> and then what you do is the, the key to laying low is you record a podcast and you tell people where you are. Exactly. So that's how you do and it. And where you're going to be. And well, that's what's interesting yeah. about this guy is like he. So um, we're going to talk a lot about the Appalachian Trail, which do you know what that is at all? Are you familiar? Oh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Appalachian Trail, no, people go to hike it and, uh, and you can just kind of get like be out there for months. So, yeah, the Appalachian Trail, it's um, a long interconnected hiking trail that runs from Georgia all the way up to Maine through the Appalachian Mountains. So there's like a bunch of different mountain ranges in there. It's through like the Smoky Mountains and part of the Green Mountains and the White Mountains and like all all along this trail. um, I don't think the Appalachian Trail, the Appalachian Mountains have like a different like local name for every state they go through. They kind of do. Yeah, it's it's definitely like uh, a big there are like multiple mini ranges throughout the East Coast. But it's all together the Appalachian Trail, and uh, yeah, people hike it. I've hiked a little bit of it before because part of it runs through New Hampshire. Um, but people will hike the entire thing in like a season, and they'll be out there for months. So um, yeah, this story is about this guy James Hammes who spent a bunch of time on the Appalachian Trail after uh, getting up to some shady business. So. Ooh. This, this article is great. It's really long. I had to cut a lot out. So if this story interests you, I really recommend reading this SB Nation article. It's free. It's not behind a paywall. So um, definitely check it out. But uh, yeah, so we're just going to jump in here um, with a little bit of explanation about the trail, and then we'll get into it. So 
Browning, the guy who wrote this article, says, uh, Appalachian Trail through hikers, those who walk the entire 2,100-mile trail in a single season, beginning in Georgia in the spring, knew Bismarck as a smiling Catholic with a Jerry Garcia beard, baker's belly, and fondness for hammocks. They liked Bismarck. He took to people, and people took to him. Up and down the length of the trail, he was well known for his gentle good nature. Beginning in 2010, the name Bismarck began appearing regularly on blogs written by hikers recounting their trips. Bismarck's picture pops up in their snapshots. He hiked the trail every year, taking time off the trail only in the winter. Millions of people step somewhere onto the AT each year. That's the kind of established uh, uh, acronym, so I'm probably going to yeah. say AT a bunch of times. Um, now, it would, and if you say it twice, it's the four-legged things from Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> so it's one half of those is what we're talking yeah. about. <laughs> wow, who knew? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a huge, like, trail. It's super popular. There aren't a ton of people that hike the whole thing, but like I said, I've hiked part of the Appalachian Trail. Like, basically every year I lived in New Hampshire, I hiked some of it because that's what there was to do. So... Yeah, it's it's really crowded and, and popular, and it's very rare that someone stands out the way that this guy Bismarck did. Um, yeah. Veteran hikers encountering newbies sometimes asked, have you met Bismarck? It was a way of gauging just how experienced a hiker was, how long they had been on the trail, and how well they fit in with others. If you knew <laughs> some, Bis- some guy inevitably lying. He's like, yeah, man, Bismarck, dude, that guy, clean-cut fellow, love him, love him to death. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if so, if you're going to pretend to know someone on the Appalachian Trail, you should not say that they are clean-cut. You should be like, yeah, guy with a big beard who looks like Jerry Garcia, and you're <laughs> yeah. going to be right like most of the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was like kind of a kind of a watchword, you know, like we do this with with comics. Like if you know this comic, I know you're legit. Like yeah. Bismarck was that way on the AT. If you knew Bismarck, you were you were legit cuz this guy was around every year and uh, yeah. and he was super friendly. So, you know, um the the hikers that this guy William Browning interviewed said that uh, Bismarck was on his way to becoming a trail legend, uh, somebody whose stories hikers share among themselves uh, with inspirational overtones. So, um, okay. people, I, I'm calling this guy Bismarck. A, a tradition on the AT is that people pick trail names. Um, there's definitely this kind of like element of like p- religious pilgrimage to this like experience. So. Like people, people come up with a with a hiker name, you know, and that's kind of what they're known as on this Word. journey. So is, is there just like a, like like a dozen Razorbacks or just like cool ass names? Like, like. I feel like there's probably a bunch that come up a lot. There was a guy they talk about in the story who his was Road Warrior, but then he changed it to RW because there were too many other Road Warriors. So uh. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a thing. But uh, yeah, this guy's was Bismarck and. You know, people ask, like, you know, what, what, what's your, why are, why are you Bismarck? And he said he was born in Bismarck, North Dakota, um, which this guy that we're going to talk about, this is absolutely not true, but it's not a place that many people are from. So it's a really good cover to be like, yeah, I'm from Bismarck, North Dakota, because it's like, okay, that's definitely a place, but like, I've never met anybody from there. (laughs) (laughs) You're not near North Dakota at this point. You're on the East Coast, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're saying that when I do my show in Bismarck on, I believe it's April, let's see, I'll be in Bismarck on April 13th. So I I, uh, I will not say that I know Bismarck because I yes. want to fit in. 
Well, I mean, no one there will know him because he. I there are no. There's no evidence that he had ever been there, but he told oh, people okay. he was from there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Is, right. is the name that I chose because that's where I'm from. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he he said that uh, he was from Bismarck. He he invested in a lucrative software company based there um and his job allowed him to like take half the year off and hike the trail that was like his um his sort of story okay Um, i love how bismarck north dakota and his story is like a second silicon valley right (laughs) yeah a lot of tech companies there yeah those lucrative (laughs) tech company yeah (laughs) so um as i've established none of that is true so here's what is true about this guy his real name was james t hammis uh, he was born approximately 800 miles southeast of Bismarck, North Dakota, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, in 1962. Um, <laughs> so I was born in a little town outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Bismarck, North Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Um, yeah, so he was raised in a, in a Catholic family with some brothers. Um, everybody called him Jim. And uh, in the 70s, his family moved to Springfield, Illinois, uh, he was like an athlete in high school. He was kind of an all-American guy, like uh, sort of your classic story. He um, he went to college for a while, then he came back. He was like living in Springfield. He went to he he enrolled in a, a state university in Springfield, and uh, he met uh, another student there named Joy Johnson, and they started dating. And he ended up marrying his uh, college sweetheart. So, um, yeah, it's like a classic American story from the middle of the 20th century. Like, you know, just <laughs> how things just, like, used leaned... to be before all these yeah, goddamn leaned... SJWs, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Reject modernity, embrace tradition. Um, <laughs> also, I love how he, he, like, broke the curse of people named Bismarck or Bismarcky of being able to land down a successful relationship and True. not being told that she's just a friend. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he successfully uh, made yeah. it out of the friend zone. Yeah. It was probably because he didn't rap like 10 awkward bars about the sign-in process at a college campus. Probably. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like, I went to the dorm and they said I had to fill out a visitor's pass. And I wrote it down and doubled my ID, <laughs> signed it in triplicate, Bismarcky. So <laughs> I do feel like that's what all old rap used to be. Like it was like yeah. they yeah. they started from like the very beginning of the story in a way that was like not important. Like they yeah, did not yeah, yeah, like, they did not have an idea of like concision in old rap. <laughs> yeah, when you're telling me that you like smacked a lady and her dad and then you like wrapped a six four around a telephone pole, I don't need to hear that you woke up at about noon. Right, you know, right, like, exactly. Just, it, it's implied, easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Precisely. Just a lot of extraneous details. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so this guy, he, uh, he, he married Joy in 1984. Uh, they moved into an apartment in Springfield, and he went to work for uh, a Coca-Cola distributor. So he had a good job. Um, they God, had man, a- Bismarck, don't fuck this up. I'm so happy for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things are going well for him. Um, he, they ended up having a daughter uh, a few years later, and they moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, which is um, a big, uh, like, it's not the head of Coca-Cola, obviously, but there's, like, a big corporate HQ in Cincinnati. So he's working yeah, for this Coca-Cola distributor. And, I'm, uh, like, 20 miles away from Cincinnati right now. We were, like, we were like across the river from Cincinnati last night, and, uh, you know, 
that I saw nothing indicating there was a coke plant there, but still <laughs> represent. But small world. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he. Uh, he Here is where the problems sort of start. Um, so they moved to Cincinnati, but uh, back in Springfield, Hamas had had a girlfriend. He'd had uh, his old high school sweetheart from before he met his wife Joy. Um, he got her pregnant. So. Uh-oh. Yeah, a couple years after his daughter is born with his wife, he has a second daughter with his high school sweetheart who he keeps secret from his family. So, <sighs> yeah. A tale is, as old as time itself. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, again, another sort of like classic uh, all-American mid-century tale of guy, yeah. fact, like businessman with secret family. They love yeah, that. I- the fact that you could even do a secret family, like, 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 yeah, that's impossible now. You know, like, yeah, you, yeah, you just, yeah, would not work. You couldn't. Yeah, and again, I, you know, I feel that that's that's what they took from us. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what all the I, conservatives I, are really mad about. With like, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, we return to a, the tradition of guys being allowed to have secret families. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's 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 why they're that's why they're pro life because they're like, you know, the, the the proper place for a child is to be in a family on Long Island that nobody knows about. <laughs> right. Uh, my homeboy has a great joke about Colin Cook. Uh, shout out has a joke about his friend finding out that his dad had a secret family, and he's like, "How are you so convinced that that was the secret family?" Right. <laughs> Yeah, they both think the other one's secret. You yeah, never yeah. really <laughs> put yourself in their shoes for a minute. Yeah, um, for, yeah, oh, yeah, it's pretty presumptuous. You think that you'd be the one he's holding out in public. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they he has the secret family. Um, they end up moving again to Lexington, Kentucky, where Hamas takes a job with a Pepsi Cola bottler, and uh, you know his his life continues uh, normally. It's a they go to, on vacation in Florida. They go to church. Um, his wife is a homemaker who volunteers at the food pantry. Um, he was the sole breadwinner. And, uh, you know, just like a normal uh, suburban life. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this article from Joy, the, the wife. Her sister, um, whose name is Joan Ryan, she is interviewed a lot for this. So she Oh, I'm sure she has a wonderful opinion of business. She has a lot to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a lot to say. Um It'd be like reading an expose about Homer and there's just like like four paragraphs from Patty and Selma. Yeah. <laughs> that is precisely uh what's going on here. So um yeah, Ryan says like he she remembers him working a lot and uh he like even at Christmas he would like have all of his accounting books out. And she jokes later that uh, maybe he was working that hard because he was keeping two sets of books. Because. That's, that's also not a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's not a joke because um, Hamas started embezzling from his job in the late 90s. Uh, a lot of money. So yeah. his position at this company at this point, he's the controller for the company's Southern Division and was responsible for a big piece of their accounting. Um, so there's evidence going back to 1998 that he opened a separate secret bank account that, uh, he, it was basically like dummy vendors and stuff and he would move money into that account and it was just an account he had access to. And, uh, yeah, he 
the, the article says sometimes it was as little as $9,200. Sometimes it was as much as $200,000. He would move into this account. So I, I would love to have as little amount of money right? as 9200 <laughs> Right? I was like, I could just, if that is sometimes as little as, it's like if I embezzled that much once, I feel like I would just be set. Like I'd be square. Yeah. <laughs> All of my problems would go away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so he's he's embezzling, uh, and uh, you know this is like a guy with a lot of secrets. And um, despite that, he was not a quiet person. His friends say that he was he was never quiet. But around the time that he became began embezzling, he became a lot more gregarious. And um, he even though he lived modestly, he would take these really expensive long scuba diving trips by himself, leaving his wife and his daughter. Um, oh man, that's like the shadiest trip to take by yourself. It's we- yeah, is that like, yeah. weird? I, it, it seems like by all accounts he actually was scuba diving, but it's just like that's a weird, like that's a weird midlife yeah. crisis thing to do yeah, with that's, your that's, crime money. That's the going to see a man about a dog of weekend getaways. Yeah. Like, like, I'm going scuba diving. Oh, we'll bring the kids. No, it's just me. Just me. <laughs> I'm just going. What if something happens? Well, then it happens. You know. <laughs> so his wife Joy at this point is like she's starting to ask questions because she's like where is this money coming from for these expensive scuba diving trips because he's the only one making any money so she doesn't know like he handles all the bills and stuff and he says look don't tell anybody but i invested in a software company and (laughs) (laughs) he just told the same lie to her that's tight he he this is an og lie for him but he hey, said, look, don't he tell said, nobody, but uh, I'm making money in a completely legitimate and legal way that I have to keep right, hidden. <laughs> right, exactly. So he, he told her not to tell, and uh, she ended up telling the sister, who, of course... God damn it! <laughs> of course has Come on, opinions. Joy! Like, what are you doing? So um, here's where things take a turn for the even shadier. Um, and this is... This is still sort of inconclusive, but it is, in retrospect, suspicious. So, um, yeah, so this is happening. He, he tells her about the, the software company, whatever. Um, in 2003, uh, on the night of July 24, 2003, uh, their daughter had gone on a date, and uh, Joy, the, the wife, was, was home alone in bed, um, and James had gone on a walk. Um, about 11 p.m., a friend of the daughter's, curious about her date, drove by the house, saw smoke, and dialed 911. Uh, emergency crews pulls Hamas's wife from the burning home, but the carbon monoxide had already left her unconscious. Uh, there are two theories of how the fire began. The fire investigator concluded a chest of drawers sitting on an extension cord had caused it. Uh, the insurance people said it was faulty wiring and a ceiling fan. Re- either way, Joy never regains consciousness, and she dies. Mm. So uh, at the time, everyone thinks this is a horrible accident because nobody yeah. knows anything about Hamas's other crimes, like yeah, yeah, man. I just, I just wish there was more people out there who just embezzled money and didn't kill their wife. Because like, right? I, 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 I need these heroes in my life. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and it I, turns I, out you know, this guy like maybe seems like it's possible he killed his wife. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just down to another another instance of uh, separate the art from the artist, I guess. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We got to. I just at have to guy. enjoy his early work and not think about the time he set his wife on fire, and that's that's. Some mental gymnastics i gotta do yeah man it's it's tough out here as a fan <laughs> <laughs> i just want to i just want to listen to my louis ck specials 
And like this guy for embezzling, goddamn yeah, it. Yeah, like this guy for embezzling. Can I just please have those two things? So, yeah, again, like at the time nobody really nobody really suspects anything like they think it's weird that they never fully figure out what caused it, but like, yeah, there's no indication that this guy is like. Shady. Hey, this is just like just like loading up his truck. Like, yeah, it is weird, isn't it? Anyways, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. I'll see y'all later. I mean, he gets remarried like three years later, so that's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> off, like. Yeah. Okay. He's, yeah, he's not like he's not like the, he's not in the fucking the thirty day club. That's true. He's not in the 30-day club, but uh, yeah. he's, given that we know he's a, a, a philanderer, I, I don't know how long he knew this woman before they got married, you know? Like, yeah. it's a little... But yeah, so, um, like, again, he's going with this, oh, I invested in this software business. Um, you know, he, he, would, he would take these kind of semi-mysterious trips to go, like, quote-unquote, check on the software business. Like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, hey, couldn't they just like make some software that could make you be able to check it from here? He's like, ah, you would think that, but no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's actually a, a good investment idea. I should look into that. <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta go look at the servers. I don't know like yeah, what yeah. you do. <laughs> but that's what he's telling them. So um Yeah. yeah so at, at some point, um again, this started in like the late nineties. Um by two thousand nine people at his job, somebody has caught on, and there's an FBI investigation into this missing money. So, um, uh. he, Hamas gets uh, summoned to the, like, company HQ in Cincinnati and uh, is questioned about this missing, these missing funds. He, he gets there, he, he had no idea that he was being investigated or that any of this was under investigation until he goes to this meeting. Um, his response is that he said, he, I, I want to talk to a lawyer. I need to call my wife. Um, and they let him go. They let him leave. Two days later, uh, they sign an arrest warrant for him. But he's, ar- he's already completely gone. Like he's hell yeah, vanished. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. It's gonna like, it's just gotta get a few things out my car. I'll be back in a second. Basically, yeah. That's that's basically what he did. Uh, yeah. So the investigators find his wallet and his cell phone uh, abandoned on a road in a tough part of Cincinnati, like trying to sort of suggest that like something bad happened to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I um, think it was like an Asian gang or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just de- blame it on the poor people. That's what he. Yeah, doing yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. Oh man, yeah. They, I, I, I swear, like it's like they, they, they check, they check off all the marks, you know? <laughs> yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, like he disappears. There's like three months later, um, there's a, a family reunion. He doesn't show up for that. And uh, that's when his family's like, okay, this, this, is, this is really weird. Um, they interviewed his cousin for this article. He was supposed to bring the potato salad. <laughs> they were just like, okay, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> they were pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, his cousin said that like uh, – he he's pretty sure that as soon as this guy began embezzling money his plan was to drop off the grid like that this was this was kind of always the plan and that the fbi picking up on it before he was quite ready caused him to run prematurely but that like he was always gonna bolt like yeah he always had the bug out bag packed exactly yeah he always had the bug out bag packed uh his cousin said that he remembers Hamas saying that he wanted to retire at 50 
And at the time of his disappearance, he was 47. So he'd almost <laughs> made it. But uh, I, I love this. You know, I, I, I do got to give it to him. You know, when somebody wraps up like a, a, a five-year plan in two years, you know, like when you when you shave three years off your five-year plan, I mean, I, I, some, some level of credit has to be given for there. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he was able to, to kind of wing it, you know, that's yeah. that's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. If I had to disappear from a crime I committed, I'd be like, all right, cool. I can get gone in 12 years. I can right. like, <laughs> I have some loose ends to tie up here. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to tie some shit up. It's going to take me like a little over a decade and then I'm ghost. Okay. We're good. <laughs> so, yeah, like uh, a little a little over a year after he disappears, that's when Bismarck starts walking the Appalachian Trail. So um, the the search, the FBI is obviously searching for him in this time, but the search goes cold. Um, they put him on like the, the most wanted list. Um, they have like a, a headshot of him from his um, 2008 driver's license. And, you know, they put it on their on their website. Yeah. They end up uh, doing it, he's on America's Most Wanted. You always look bad in the driver's license photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Poor nobody, th- that's like... People didn't catch him, and uh, part of that was because he didn't, like, after he ran, he just stopped shaving, so he was just, like, a hairy dude. Yeah. And his driver's license, he's clean-shaven, so it's just, like, it's over. That's All yeah. men have, like, an, an easy disguise <laughs> waiting to happen. Yeah. I remember this guy I used to, I used to tour with uh, uh, had a wild-ass, um, like, when he got his ID, he had grown out, like, a huge, like, white boy afro and a huge beard, and then the day he got his driver's license photo taken, he just shaved it all off. And we would go to get into bars, and he would, like, show them his ID. And they would just, every bouncer would look and be like, oh, man, and just laugh their ass off. <laughs> Good bit. Solid bit. Yeah, solid bit. A lot of commitment to it, but he pulled it off. <laughs> so, yeah, like, um, they do an America's Most Wanted on him. They do a segment on him on the show called American Greed. Um, oh, yeah, American Creed. I, yeah. I, I've definitely had some recording deadlines that we were going to do at, like, 8 in the morning, and I was like, i got to figure some shit out. <laughs> I was like, let me watch an episode of American Creed. Love them. <laughs> nice. Uh, but, yeah, so, like, they're looking for this guy, but they don't find him, but this is around when Bismarck starts sort of popping up. So now that there are, like, since the, the Appalachian Trail – became popular kind of in the 70s like during this sort of new agey like hippie movement you know became popular to kind of go on this on this yeah. journey and then once the internet happened it became even more popular like in the in the 90s and the 2000s it became like a, a big a big thing people a lot of hikers will have like online journals and blogs and stuff where they'll they'll post about you know their their adventures on the trail and um that's Bismarck starts appearing in these uh, in these journals in like 2010. So um, there are like pictures of him. There's like dozens of references to him all across all these different hikers journals. And um, the like one of the hikers I interviewed said Bismarck was surprisingly engaged for a person on the run. He seemed not to avoid having his picture taken. And yeah, there's like a ton of pictures of him. <laughs> just, yeah, he was like man. not hiding. Like that. Yeah, that seems like it, yeah. It would be the perfect. Like that's just so. Funny. It's like it'd be the perfect place to hide if you weren't so damn likable. You know, <laughs> it just. Well, like, it's it's like it even with all these pictures of him, it's still a good place to hide because it's like yeah. you have all of these people, all of whom like 
we'll get into this a little bit, but like uh, people who do this tend to be people who are kind of searching for something or running away from something. Most of the time it's not a crime, but like it's something kind of more existential, but it's like you have all of these people with assumed names who you sort of like rely on and bond with, but who you don't actually know. And the culture of the trail is such like, um, violent crime is very rare on the AT. Like, theft and stuff is very rare even though there are a ton of opportunities for it just because of kind of the culture of people who do this so yeah i can see it's it's, it's the out, outdoorsy types like you know yeah you said like there are a lot of times they're running for something or looking for something and i just yeah that i can see that attracting people who are more maybe clandestine by nature and uh you know yeah. i i, I will say it's it's wild that like also just like uh, just a good like practical thing that he did naming yourself um uh, the nickname, like, give yourself the nickname of a city you're not from. That's such a simple step, but that really could throw people's scent off of you. Because, yeah. like, I, yeah, growing up, growing up in Texas, that's what everybody who was not from Texas, wherever you were from, because we lived like some military base. Mm-hmm. So we'd have people coming in from all over. Like, usually it was like somebody's brother joins the army, and then that person gets in trouble and they have to go stay with their brother, and that's when I would meet them. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and yeah, and so everybody was like, hey, my name's Brooklyn, my name's Bama, my name was all these geographical yep. names. And it just, in my head, I associate, like, to this day, there's people that, like, I'll hear, like, Alabama, and I'll think of the guy named, I knew named Bama. Yep. Uh, you know, it's just, like, it's such a little thing, and it's just, like, if that person wasn't from Alabama, I would, and I had to, like, somehow look for them for some reason, I would start in Alabama, and they would be somewhere else, and I'd, of course. you know, let's hold in the bag. Yeah, and so, like, yeah, this guy didn't really seem to try to hide among these people. He just kind of joined this community, so. yeah. The article says there's a snapshot of him as from early May 2010, only 15 months after he vanished. In it, he's reclining on a couch. He's in conversation with another hiker. His boots are off, and he already has a beard. Comparing photographs from that time to his latest mugshot, he does not appear to have cut his hair or shaved again. That change in appearance certainly helped him evade the authorities. Others say the immediacy of the trail, coupled with the culture, made it a good place to lay low. Most hikers on the trail are already more attuned to nature than current events, and they do not watch a lot of television. Yep. Uh, Hiking the AT is a personal experience. Its pull varies from person to person, but in a broad and figurative sense, it is fair to say a majority are on a search. Uh, The fact of the matter is the culture of the trail almost welcomes people that are trying to hide uh, or look for a place to go. Um, Most people you meet are running away from or looking for something, uh, one of the hikers says. Do you so, think there are open mics on the AT? <laughs> I do feel like it, like, I I do think that it attracts kind of the same people that show up at open mics. Like, I do yeah, think yeah, that. I, I, that's what I, I'm thinking, like, I, I'm thinking about how this, like, would would, portray, would play, like, alongside comedy lines. And I'm just thinking, like, yeah, definitely. That's a, usually it's, like, people who have burned all their other social scenes, like, and they just, like, slide into comedy. Yeah, it's just, this is, the Appalachian Trail is comedy for people who are athletic, is really what yeah. it is. Like, <laughs> if you're not athletic enough to do this, because I, I, I might have cut this out, but, like, the, the, this is like a really physically taxing experience. Like this is I, a I, very, very challenging thing yeah, to undertake. I've, I've read about people who who, who go and do that, and I'm trying to think like, do you do you constantly have to be in a state of motion, or would you would that draw more attention to you? It's like this guy's always on this part of the trail, and he's not actually moving forward with any destination. So do you have to keep moving, or could you just like hang out in like the same square mile, or would that kind of draw attention? I mean, the, his 
they do talk a little bit about, and we'll get to this later, but like his his downfall is sort of that he ended up hiking it multiple times. So there were there ended up being some inconsistencies in his story because uh, yes. he like talked to too many people. But I like the way that this sort of works is like most people are not like trying to do this as quickly as possible. It's like a pretty yeah. because it's so taxing it, it and it's like very dependent on like the weather. So like sometimes people will stay in the same spot for like a week. You know what I mean? Like oh, it's not Yeah, it's not it's not like necessarily that you there are a couple people like there's like an ultra runner who who's like trying to run it like there are people who do it that way but <laughs> why would anyone do that that's insane you like hate yourself like that's the only yeah. reason i <laughs> could think of if to be an ultra runner is that you have some masochistic streak that i like don't understand <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah like there and, and the way it sort of works is like most people hike it south to north um, so like you start in the spring and then by the time you're up north where it's colder, it's like later in the summer. Um, and everybody starts kind of around the same time, but then people sort of break off and, you know, based on their pace, you kind of find a clump of people and you, a lot of people will kind of link up and end up hiking together for a few weeks and then like break off again and, and reconnect. Like it's, it's a very sort of loose association with, um, all of the other people who are hiking that year, which it's usually a, a couple thousand people. So yeah. it's a lot, but it's not like a crazy amount, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially when you think of like the, the, the breadth of the area. Right, right. So, um, yeah. Uh, let me see. Where was I? Yeah, so we're kind of getting into that stuff here. It says Bismarck appears to have through hiked the Appalachian Trail multiple times, uh, and that uh, likely played a part in his capture. Uh, the thru-hiker community each year consists of uh, essentially the population of a small town. Most start at the southern end uh, and then move in something like a pack until they reach the end. Uh, a thru-hike is transformational for many, and so so conversations on the trail tend to be more open and personal than in normal daily life. You'll yeah. certainly be asked many times about your background and what inspired you to thru-hike. Um, and this herein lies the problem is that Bismarck seems to have offered a distorted version of the truth throughout the years. And some people picked up on a few of his inconsistencies. Um, but given the reasons people hike the AT and the culture of the trail, it didn't stand out too much. Yeah. Um, I can see that being like a funny thing. Like, like I could tell, I would, I would probably tell that anecdote and not think this guy was on the run. I'd just be like, yeah, he tells one guy this, one guy that, you know, like I don't just find it. Like he'd say, it's a funny old weirdo, you know? Right, like the the guy, the I talked about the guy who changed his name from Road Warrior, and yeah. um, he, he changed it to RW, and like his bit was he would people would ask what RW stood for, and he's what he would do is he would say, well, what do you think it stands for? Whatever you think it stands for is what it stands for until the next time I ask somebody. So like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like kind of how people are on this. They're they're <coughs> yeah, you know, I see it. They're like this guy puts it great one man who hiked with bismarck said yes there were things that were strange but these are people who live their lives in the woods it's weird yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah well put well put. well put um but people love this guy like i said at the beginning he was super friendly there are a bunch of stories of him helping other people out um he uh i like this one a lot it says in maine he once taped a bag containing containing ramen noodles and power bars to a tree along with a note explaining that the food was for an older hiker that he knew was behind him and struggling to finish the trail. So he was just like a really nice guy. And the yeah. fact that he had hiked it multiple times meant that he was somebody who people could rely on for advice. So yeah. 
people said like he wasn't you know he 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 didn't lord it over you he wasn't like constantly trying to share his knowledge but he was social and helpful in the way that people on the at tend to be so nice yeah people people just really liked him um another impression that everybody had of him uh they said that he was definitely religious um he talked a lot about um his religion motivating him to uh hike the trail um he sort of like he changed some I talked about how he said he invested in a software company. He also said, like, he talked about his wife dying and say and said that, like, his wife dying is what motivated him to walk the trail, which, like, may very well be true in the sense that he might have killed her and then yeah. walked the trail. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so he was, he was pretty religious, and if he was near a church on Sunday, he could be counted on to be there. Um, he also... Uh, ended up uh, meeting a woman on the trail who was also known to be very religious. And there's not There's not a lot known about her, um, but she her trail name was Hopper and they met pretty early on in his experience walking the trail and like became a couple. Um, and they were known as like a couple. Like some people thought they were married. Um, but like Bismarck and Hopper, they're always together. Um, she ended up actually being there the day he got arrested and law enforcement said that like based on her reaction she had no idea that oh wow this was his background so yeah um so he roped this poor woman in <laughs> yeah and, and how many how many years was, was he out on the trail he was out for uh five years so wow yeah yeah it, 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 that gets into like the like um like the Anthony Gignac like level of loneliness where you're living this lie mm-hmm. and it's like you're like at what point can you really relax and be yourself it, it seems like it'd be I don't know it would just it, it wouldn't be a quality of life no matter how much money you had if you had to pretend to be somebody else literally all the time 24 7 well this is what is like so crazy about this too is he stole millions of dollars like he stole so much money and he's like not using any of it. Like, yeah, he's, this is a relatively inexpensive way to live. And like, you know, nobody said that like, he didn't have like super ostentatious hiking gear or anything. Yeah. Like, he's staying in hostels and, uh, that like, uh, so, and, and this kind of speaks to it too. So like I said, he hikes in the, in the spring and the summer and then in the winter, um, he's off the trail because it's covered in snow and, and impossible. Yeah. And um, so there's accounts of him. He spent at least some of the winter in a hostel in Andover, Maine, where he worked for the hostel for a discounted room rate. So, like, he's not living it up, you know? Like, yeah, wow. Do, do you think he has, like, 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 was it all in an account or did he have, like, like a Walter White blue barrel of money somewhere? Well, so at the time of the writing of the SB Nation article, most of the money had not yet been recovered. Um, it seems like later they did recover some of the money, or at least like it was not mentioned in the subsequent articles I read that it was unrecovered, so I think they figured out where he was keeping it. Um, there were some hypotheses that it was in the Caymans, because they said like he's a scuba diver, so it would make sense if he put it oh, yeah. you know, like uh, offshore on some island where he would actually probably end up going. Um, but yeah, it seemed like he wasn't doing that during this time, because he was lying low, so he just stayed at these hostels. Um, 
the guy who owned the hostel was like, yeah, he was great because like most of the hikers kind of suck at doing this work, but this guy was like really helpful. <laughs> he like he yeah. helped me build a garage, <laughs> like he helped install yeah. a heater. He was great. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it, it is funny how just like yeah, like how uh, the uh, the Appalachian Trail that would be hilarious. Like it's all these people who are out trying to live this rugged year. And it's like, well, hey, uh, pick up a hammer and help me do this. It's like, oh, I actually have zero skills. No, <laughs> like, I'd, I'd prefer to just, like, meditate on the mountaintop. I don't want to yeah, actually, yeah, like, yeah. work. No, thank you. I didn't come out here to, like, get to know myself or challenge myself or anything. Like, <laughs> Or I'd just prefer to get to know myself by not doing manual labor. That's yeah, important yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's, there's also some evidence he stayed uh, at, like, a shitty like weekly rate motel in Fort Wayne, Indiana for parts of the winter. Like he wasn't living it up is, is the point. Um, Damn. I wonder if he had any kind of indulgences. Like, like it's like a ton of scratch offs or some shit. Like. Yeah. It's weird. Like it doesn't, there's not a lot of info on like how, why he did this. And it's again, why'd, like, you, why'd you even steal the money at that point? Right. It's like, you could just, you could just hung out with your wife and not murder her. <laughs> and you had your, yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like if I'm, if yeah, man, if I'm stealing millions of dollars, like like I'm spending it. There's just no doubt about it. Like it's it, like you know, uh, right? It's and it, it well, it seems like maybe it's because he he was caught before all the pieces were in place. Like that is true. Questioned. Yeah, but it is like you'd think somebody like this would you know have a an assumed identity or something. They could get out of the country and go s- fucking scuba dive. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He just stay underwater for four years, like a snorkel, just like moving around. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the the way this guy ended up getting caught was pretty funny too. So um, I mentioned that uh, he was on an episode of American Greed in 2012. Um, yeah, that did not lead to anything at the time, but a rerun of it played in March of 2015. And somebody who had through hiked the AT the year before recognized him and uh, called the FBI and they got him because of American greed. And it's so funny because the the um, William Browning, the guy who wrote this article, interviews the guy who um, identified him. And he was just like, yeah, I just I must have like looked up at the right time. I knew I knew I knew him. And it like it took me a minute to figure out where I'd known him from. Um, and then it, it clicked into place and yeah, this guy he'd spent, um, he'd hiked the, the AT the year before and he'd spent a little bit of time with Bismarck. Um, and he, he recognized him from that. And, uh, yeah, he sent an email to the family of joy, his deceased wife. He sent an email to the FBI and, um, working off that tip, they figured out. So this is like this, they identify in, they get this tip in March. So they they think it is very likely that he's going to be hiking the Appalachian Trail sometime soon because people start in like April. So yeah, they just like an undercover hiker out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting, yeah, because they're like, we know he's here, but because of the way that this works, it still might take us a while to find him because, like, these people like are essentially kind of while they're doing this, their whereabouts are really in flux and like undocumented. So we don't know where he's going to be, you know, a lot of the trail, there's no phone service, you know, like it's not, 
it's not a super developed like you hike through yeah. towns but you're mostly on mountaintops and stuff <laughs> just doing a press conference like people it's, it's there's not a phone in sight it's no phone just vibes <laughs> just vibes the, it's, the just, it's just, just vibes, vibes from the at baby <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the guy doing the press conference has obviously spent some time out there he's like the sunglasses tan on his face and he's like folks it's just vibes out there man i don't know if you want us yeah. to move this quick but you gotta understand the culture and they're like okay so you've obviously just been hanging out there for weeks right yeah no the guy they send to get him just quit it's the FBI and just yeah. like, it becomes like a, a sannyasi, just like a renunciate. Yeah. It just goes, oh, that's good. Uh, so they they end up finding him in July They because they know he's going to be on the AT, and there's this big celebration in this small town in Virginia in July called Trail Days that's like a big yearly festival for hikers. And they're like, he always goes to this. He's probably going to be there. And... They catch him at this like little inn where he's staying, like this little four bedroom bread and breakfast where he's staying with Hopper. Um, they knock on the door and they get him and they bring him away in handcuffs. And Hopper's like, what the fuck? And all of these other hikers are like, what the fuck? Oh, this guy shit. we were like friends with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, you don't know exactly what happened. So you, you, your mind is just like, that's uh, a murderer. That's a serial killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Well, he, and he, he very well probably is a murderer, actually. Damn. Yeah, alleged. Like, we don't know. So he doesn't get charged for the murder or anything, but he no. does get charged. Um, all told, he um, he uh, ends up pleading guilty. Um, he They bring him to Ohio for, for sentencing and, and the trial and everything. Um, he's sentenced the next year to 96 months in prison, which is, um, I think it's like eight years. That's eight years in eight prison. Years, yeah. Um, he yeah he pleads guilty to one count of wire fraud, and uh, agreed to pay seven point seven million in restitution. Um, so they find there's like a couple ways they source the money. There are some offshore accounts. There are some sort of fraudulent accounts. Um, he like didn't pay taxes that he should have paid. They end up finding a bunch of the money in a storage locker in Fort Wayne, Indiana, which is where he was. Um, yeah. Uh, on those winters and uh yeah they he had more than eleven thousand dollars in cash on him which is like crazy to think about like (laughs) just like like weight wise hiking with that much is crazy yeah right (laughs) it's it's just like a whole other pack and it's like running out of supplies like you have a huge bag like "Ah, don't get into it I would yeah. get, if I had 11 grand on me in the Appalachian Trail, I would just get bored and be like, hey, I'll give you $100 to go over there and smack that guy. <laughs> just like, just You'd be the king. Yeah, yeah, I would just be the king. Like, yeah, I'll give you 250s. Give me your boots. What's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah man. so um, that's like basically the end of the story. Uh, but yeah, this guy, I, I guess like the moral of the story is if you like nature and you want to evade capture, this doesn't seem like a bad way to go <laughs> like this yeah. doesn't i mean if, if that's a lifestyle that you wouldn't mind living the only reason he got caught is because he was on a tv show like he there's yeah. no other reason he would have gotten he would have gotten caught yeah that's that that's that wild i mean uh worth it i would st- yeah like it seems like i mean 96 months is he living much differently well i guess it's stupid. right you're, you're, prison's different than the appalachian trail i'll give you that but sure. like at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know, he got his five years in. It's only eight years. And when he got arrested in 2015? Uh, yeah. So he, he was sentenced in 2016. So 2016. So, yeah, he's... yeah, he's, he's like he's, halfway he's, done. 
Yeah, he's, yeah, he's almost out, man. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would say worth it unless he killed his wife, in which case not worth it, you know, obviously. Right, like, don't kill your wife, but... Yeah, look, guys, we can't some... stress that enough. <laughs> he got some sick scuba trips out of it, though. So, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because no, I don't think, like, like, like a, 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 a scuba trip as a cover, I just think Dexter. So, yeah. like, that's just weird to me. But, but yeah, like, yeah, he, yeah, he, he got to live his life in a sick scuba trip. Um, probably fucked up that his daughter didn't hear from him, I would imagine, yeah, over those I eight mean, years. Yeah, I mean, secret families, like, there's two daughters who he kind of left out in the cold, which is not great. Um, yeah. Like, but, yeah, as far as the actual, like, if we're looking at the crime he was charged with and the sentence, I would say worth it. Yeah, 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 completely worth it. Um the Man, rest well, of it, yeah. like maybe not, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not worth. I can see for me though, I can know like not worth it because yeah, you got to be outside for five years. Uh, fuck all that. <laughs> like, I'm all set. See, but, I think, uh, like I I like the idea because um, this is something like I really I do genuinely really like to hike, and yeah, uh, I would never ever think to do this. I don't think it would be super fun for me. But if I were in a situation where it was where I was forced to do it, I think I could probably get a lot out of that. Like, I don't think it would yeah, be yeah. the worst thing in the world. Like, it's not yeah. something I would do if I was not on the run. But if I had to go on the run, maybe I'd be like, you know, I've always been thinking about doing that. It seems like it'd be kind of a good time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, if you got to, yeah, you know, if you have to. Yeah, like, there, are, wor- there are worse ways to lay low, I think, is the, uh, like, this, you, yeah. get to, you get to hang out with other people, you get to, like, be social still, you get to hear people's stories, you get to be out side yeah not the worst i'm, I'm, I'm sure i'm sure like he you know he like it, it was probably fun too yeah i'm sure like at night around some campfires is probably a hell of a good time right because he was like and he was like a local character like people love yeah. this guy he was a celebrity you know yeah it's like you get to hold court with like younger comics like he got to yeah, do that yeah. <laughs> all the time yeah, worst. that is yeah, that is sick man yeah definitely james hamas okay i'm gonna i'm gonna operate on the assumption just so I can enjoy this, separating the art from the artist here, I'm gonna operate under the assumption that he didn't kill his wife it was a and horrible say, "Accident." Good, for, yeah, horrible accident. Good for him. Uh, <laughs> that seems actually like a tight way to live. So <laughs> worth it. Gavel worth it. banged. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you for listening to this. Uh, your monthly free episode. We are getting so close on our Patreon. We are so close yeah. to hitting our goal. Um, when we get to our goal, uh, we're $30 away. So that's what, like seven patrons, I think? Yeah, seven um, patrons, man. If seven more people sign up for our Patreon, we will start releasing episodes weekly, which means you will get two free episodes a month instead of just one. Um, yep. We, yeah, uh, it, 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 you pledging to our Patreon helps everybody, even people who can't afford it. So yeah. that is patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal, A-N-D. We would love your support. We appreciate you if you do support us. And, uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I, I'm um, uh, I'm on the road right now, and so you might actually have a chance to come see me. We had some podcast listeners stop by uh, at, a, uh, at our show in Ozark, Arkansas. But um, I'll be on, in, on the 7th through... Essentially, May 2nd, I'm going to be in Valparaiso, Indiana, Gillette, Wyoming, Pierre, South Dakota, Alliance, Nebraska, Bismarck, North Dakota, two shows in Bailey, Colorado, Springfield, Missouri, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Ombro, Wisconsin, Campbellsport, Wisconsin, Abilene, Texas, Ottawa, Kansas, and then Richland Hills, Texas. So if you're in any of these um, 
areas or locales. Look me up at, at PZTX for like specific dates and breweries that I'll be at because I'm playing breweries and wineries. So come on out. Have a good time. I'm out with two funny guys, Cole Robeson and Josh Palladini. And it's a good group. It's a it's a fun one. Um, you know, I, I, I vouch for everybody on the show. I think you're going to have a really good time. So if you live out in that area, come out, come out and see us, man. Check uh, PZTX is Pat's Twitter with his yes. face on it. So definitely at check PZTX, that out. P-E-Z-Y-T-X. And uh, that being said, yeah, we're uh, we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. Uh, Kath, you got anything coming up? I, I see you, you You have a gig, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going to be doing some shows in Austin. So um, I'm coming to Austin yeah. like right when Pat's tour is over. So we'll hopefully get to record some episodes. But um, I'm headlining nice. Sure Thing is coming back. So I'm going to headline what? one of the first show th- Sure Thing shows. Yeah, I'm so excited. Guys, go see that. That is, that is, that is it's a Sure Thing. It's one of the best shows in town. It's going to be super fun. They, you know, it'll be 40% capacity, masks. Uh, you know, definitely if you're vaccinated, I would love to see you. Um, I'm yeah. also doing Avery Moore's new show at Long Play East uh, that Wednesday. I believe it's the fifth. So it'll be Cinco de Mayo. It, I, it'll be my first night in town. I'll probably be drunk. It'll be fun. So I didn't realize that was right when I got off tour. Yeah, man. Man, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it should be a good time. Um, and then my other podcast is called What a Time to Be Alive. Uh, we're, we just started Better Show Month, which means we have a guest every week. Uh, we just recorded an episode with Katie Nolan and it's really funny. So check that out. What a time to be live. That is all I have to plug. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, check us out on all, on all, all the stuff. Please rate, like, share, listen, subscribe, tell your friends, but guys, above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time. Bye.